heard at the end of that discussion with uh, Chuck and Paris. Paris, you brought up the issue of language. And, of course, we all know how hard communication can be. Um, and when we come from different cultures, sometimes culturally we say things that we think is okay, but to another culture it's offensive. And it, and it doesn't come across the way we hope it would. So she's brought, you, you brought that up, and, and I think that's something we need to talk about right here. And so you don't have to, we're not going to do anything in order. If you have something you want to say, just holler at me or raise your hand or whatever. So I think I've got this wrong. Check when it gets on. All right. So with that thought in mind, Paris, we'll start with you since you brought it up. All right? trying to think about how do I start that. Um, I think that it, it depends on who you're talking to and how that conversation starts out. Um, I see nothing wrong with being able to say to someone that those words are offensive to me. Um, you should be able to say that, but you should also be able to discern where those people are when they're saying them to, to you. Um, I did share that up there because I do believe that we are always in different places and at different times, um, even in our walk or in our culture. But you have to be able to ask the questions and also hear what it is that someone needs to say from their heart and be able to be transparent enough to say how you feel and if that needs to correct it. Maybe it's a moment where you're teaching someone something or they're teaching you something and it's kind of like a give and take and you come to a mutual understanding where someone's at. Now, you can bring someone up, but sometimes people don't want to come up. And I think that's, that's the reality that we live in. Not everybody wants diversity. And I think we live in a culture of name-calling, period. Um, and no matter um, what the offense might be, it could be racial, it could be gender, uh, it could even be toward our belief in God. And I remember when my son, who is almost 34 now, was about five years old, and I was passing at the time as well in Indianapolis. And he was so upset because he knew that we were teaching him about Jesus, and he also knew about the devil. And he knew that the devil was a bad thing. And he came to me and said, Mom, he said, he was so upset. I said, Son, what is wrong? He said, Mom, they called me a devil. Now, for somebody to call my son a devil, when we have already framed what devil is, looks like, sounds like, feels like, the negativity of that word devil, he was harshly offended. And so I began to pray inside. I said, okay, God, how do I minister to my son? He's been called this name, and now he's offended, and I need to help him through this. And so God began to do it my heart. I said, I said, Jonathan, I said, look in the mirror. So there was a mirror close by. And so he looked in the mirror, and I said, I said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jonathan. I said, so somebody calls you something else, they're just not talking to you. And my point is that when we begin to really be comfortable in who we are, it, it minimizes the offense of what people might want to label us. So the, that label is minimized in my spirit. Yes, I want to address it. I might even say, okay, tell me more about that. 
you're using that word, let's talk about that for a while. Let's get an understanding. But if the overarching mantra of our Christian faith is love, no matter what they call us, we still have to love them. But as we know who we are in Christ, it gives us firm footing to stand on so that when those offenses do come, we're not moving from our anchor, but we're standing strong in Jesus. One of the things I think is important to remember, uh, it's power babble, yes, it was because of, of, of sin and desiring to be higher than God, but God created nations. He created nationality. And God is a nationalist. If you look in the millennial uh, prophecies, there will be nations. You will have the Egyptian nation, and, and they're taught very specifically, the Ethiopians, the uh, the northerners, uh, the, and God is always going to be a nationalist. Jesus left as a Jew. He's coming back as a as a Jew. Okay. Um, now, why do I bring this up? We're Trinitarian beings. We're made in the image of God. Okay. The Baruch, the Yatzar, and the Yatzar in the Book of Genesis. So the verbs of creation are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're made in His image. So we have a body, we have a soul, or a mind, a heart, and we have a spirit in it. And your flesh is your race, and it can go into your soul and how we're raised and these things. I bring all this up because I'm convinced that God views uh, the way we view race and skin. God is like our clothes. Now, you're all looking at me like, what in the world is this guy wearing? And, and if you are not saying that or, or whatever, you're a liar. I walked in here last night purposefully wearing pink and baby blue. But now, Dennis Herb will say I dress this way sometimes, but not this way. I'm purposefully doing this because of the theme of this conference. And whether you admit it or not, most of you judged me based upon what I was wearing. And it affects how you receive what I say. That is foolish. It's true because of, of, of what we see and how we react and because of cultural norms. And, and, and most of you guys, you like to shop at Kohl's. I can tell. You like brown and black and blue. It's boring. You're trying to fit in. Don't say you're, you're not. You are. But God created me and you and you did So nationality is important, and it will always be there. But let's not forget that Jesus said, in Christ, there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male or female. If that can be the framework and basis from where we start, then we can stop being about talk and start being about substance. So one of the themes that we're dealing with is the need for reconciliation. The Church of Jesus Christ has been given one ministry, 2 Corinthians 5. What is that ministry? Reconciliation. In fact, we've even been given the word for the message. The word is reconciliation. So though we've entitled what we're talking about understanding racial reconciliation, the truth is it's total reconciliation. 
because as, as Aaron just quoted Scripture, what does it say earlier in, in that in those verses of Second Corinthians five? It says, "No longer recognizing each other according to the flesh." So we become to where we look by what we see, and we look into what has become a new man. As the Church of Jesus Christ, I believe we're a new population of every nation, every tribe, every tongue. But the same blood of Christ is running through our veins. We're, we're together. So language, because of understanding of culture, is vital. I grew up in DeKalb County, Indiana, that the only African American I knew was a young man by the name of Booker who played baseball from Garrett at that time. That was my only connection until I got out of high school. So language, we, we talk and sometimes we miss, even though we're saying to each other, we understand that we're reconciled in Christ, language still can get in the way. And I, that's why I was talking to you because I knew you were there. Well, one of the things that, going back to, I think, one of the, I can't remember who said it, but the Tower of Babel, God, God uh, didn't separate us because of race. He separated us because of rebellion. We rebelled against Him. We came together to unify, to come against God Himself. And so God had to scatter us, not because of skin color, but because of our own rebellion against Him. We had become one against God. Now, what if we would come become one now in God? Because God came, God came down, and He said, "There's nothing that they can't." These were these were rebellious folks, and He said, "There's nothing they can't do because of their unity." But now, if the body could come together, and what happens is that what we have to understand that uh, I, I look back at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in, in, in 1906, when that happened, the races came together and received the outpouring of God. But then, all of a sudden. There was a breaking away, and they went, well, the blacks went their way, the whites went their way. And I always saw that as a, as a, uh, really a deficit for both of us. We both lost something, because the white church went away with, uh, they went away with organization and teaching. We went away with exuberance and preaching. <laughs> and, and the twain never came together. So you over there, you got a lot of knowledge and dead, and we over here high ain't got no knowledge. So, so we need we we need, we need one another. We desperately need one another. When God sent me to this church, to this school, it was a purpose in it. He wanted me to learn what we did not have in my community. There were some things that were missing, and it didn't matter about the N word or anything else that would be brought to me because I was going to stay here until I got what I needed to go back to my community and help change that community. And so I did, and we did. We did face some of that. That's what we talk about now. We, I faced some of those things. But it, it didn't matter because of what I needed. You had it. And I was not going to leave without it. He just looked good in those white glasses. That's just... All right, so language is important. And one of the themes that I heard coming out of this discussion was the need for understanding. The need to listen. 
Uh, and that's hard for preachers sometimes, right? We have to listen to what's being said so that we can have a, a genuine, authentic conversation. And, and Dr. Ireland mentioned that last night, authentic reconcilers. Now, Dwayne? Okay. Um, that right there, that right there just drove it. Like, that's our driving force at the body gathering is having a genuine conversation. Um, everything that everyone here has said, in my mind, ends, what, I won't say it there, but it, it all, it's the pinnacle. It comes right there. Because you can come and, and look a certain way and you can't hear what I'm trying to say. So therefore, we can't, we can't begin the conversation. And if we can't begin the conversation, we can't have relationship. And if we can't have relationship, you don't care about what I have to say or what I have for you. You don't believe that I love you. Does that even exist? Like, we have not even gotten past or to the place where we need to be in order to share Christ. You know, um, when I was a youth pastor uh, in training, the, my leader, my the guy that was mentoring me would always tell me, because they don't care about what you have to say until they know that you care. You know, and, and we can never get to that point if we can't start the conversation. I tell my people all the time, we are here for a primary purpose. Don't misunderstand me. We do want to share Christ. But first, we need to initiate a conversation. That's what we want to do, is initiate a conversation. So, the only way we can do that is enter the arena open. Open and willing to receive, to, to, to get past. If I, if I approach my brother and he's got on the, the yellow and the green suit, I have to approach him. I have a perfect example. We were doing one of our first ministries. And, and one of my guys, he's, he's, you know, a little orthodox, you know. <laughs> he's well, not orthodox, he's not orthodox at all. He's just out there a little bit. But he doesn't talk a lot. So he's like, Dwayne, I'm going to go outside and I'm going to stand and maybe invite people in. And I was a little nervous, you know. I was like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. But I said, you know what? I have to be open because I don't know who he's going to approach. I don't know how he's going to approach him, but God used him. So he said he went out there, he was standing, and the lady was, and this is this was his plan. I'm going to find something on this person that interests me, and that's how I'm going to talk to him. And I was like, that's a good idea, but that's a horrible idea. You know, <laughs> this lady comes walking down the street, and she had, like, different colored dreads. And so he was like, hey, I like your hair. That's really cool. We're having church in here. Would you like to come in? You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, okay, all right. And he said, you know, that guy come down. And he had on, like, shorts, but he had these crazy socks on. And he was like, bro, those socks, man, crazy. But I love them. And the guy stopped and started talking to him. And I was like, huh. So you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not just picking out, but it's being, finding something, you know? Maybe there's, you know, he said cold. I, I don't really care if it's topic cold, you know, but my wife does, so half of my wardrobe is from cold. 
The half that she picked out is from Cole. The half I pick out, who knows where it's from? You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I can I can relate with you guys on Cole. Not that I personally would talk there, but I will find something to relate with you about in order to start that conversation. If I could just say, tied to that, difference is not wrong, it's just different. That, 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 I mean, it doesn't matter that you uh, don't like the loud color code. I do. I perfectly like the loud color code. Yeah, I like the loud color code. That's our culture. That's our culture. That's who we are. In your culture, you you want to blend in. We want to stand out. So you have to be. It's the truth. It's just the truth. It's the truth. And we have to learn our different differences in our cultures and, and realize that it's not bad. It's just culture. And again, the body of Christ, revelation when we're all together in heaven from every nation. Every can you imagine what worship's going to be like in heaven? No wonder the first the first worship service we end will take ten thousand years to get over. If every culture is going to lead in a little bit, it's going to take all that time. All right, good stuff, right? Do we have any questions out here, brother? Shout at us.
Thank you, Brother Moore. The uh, the issue, part of the issue is, I think, when we talk about understanding in our conversations, we we have to be able to say to each other, "I want to be free that I can say what I want to say, so I can get it out, so we can discuss it." And on the other side, I have to be willing to let that person say what they need to say, right? So I can we can begin to understand. This. I think um, that we need to give each other grace to unpack. Uh, you know, if you're going to go someplace and just going to be there overnight, and we've all traveled, we just bring an overnight case and we just put it on the luggage rack. We don't take it out and we don't put it in the drawers because we know that we're on our way. And sometimes with relationships, because we feel or sense that, okay, this is not as meaningful, I'm on my way, I'm just passing through, I don't unpack. But when it comes to race relations, I think it's important that we give each other the grace to unpack. Uh, and, and I know for me, um, it, it, it kind of comes out of my struggle and a sense of struggle that I inherited even from my parents. My mom went to the high school she attended because she didn't have a choice. All the blacks had to go to a certain high school. <clears throat> so out of that struggle, I had to do some unpacking even as an adult as I began to work with children and work with adults. And I remember just real quick this one story <clears throat> where I had to get grace to unpack. I'm sitting as a student at Butler University. This is my, my first master's degree, and I'm in a class. And I have a teacher I just want to call Dr. R. I'm in Dr. R's class. I'm the only African-American in the class. And the first class session, I'm probably about midway sitting kind of like in the middle, trying to be unassuming. And um, not trying to stand out. It's obviously my complexion will cause me to stand out anyway. And Dr. Rooker says, he said, I want to tell you all right now. He said, first of all, I don't like black people. And I'm thinking, no, he didn't say that. I mean, can he see I'm sitting in this class and I am all the way black? And then he said, and I have little esteem for women. I think that women are only good for making babies. I said, oh my goodness, I knew that was something I could not go home and tell my mother and Butler University still be standing. And, and I said, so the next class session, so I'm pondering, okay, God, what do I do with this information? You know, he, he told me who he was, and so the very next class session, I sat right there. I said, this is going to be one black woman he'll never forget. <laughs> so I sat there for the whole class. And actually, I was the only one to get an A out of the whole class. He won't forget me, and I made sure I said he's extra hard for his class. But when class was over, and I had an opportunity to uh, become a principal of a school, and I had all these classes I needed except for one, and nobody offered the class anywhere. And I was in prayer about it. I said, well, God, maybe this isn't my season, and I'm okay with that. And the Lord spoke to me and said, ask Dr. R to teach you a class. I said, that, can you imagine fear set in? Okay, I'm scared to death, but I go at the word of the Lord. So I go to Dr. I make an appointment. I've been gone now for a few years from his classroom. I didn't know if he remembered me. But I knocked on his door, and he smoked the pipe. So he turned around. He never even looked at me because I'd already called and told him what I wanted in advance. And he said, so I said, Dr. Rooker, I told him who I was. Dr. R., I told him who I was. And then, um, anyway, um, I said, I really would like for you to teach me this class. I really need to know this class now. And so he, agreed. he said, just very quietly, yes. He 
ever looked at me, but that encounter taught me something, number one, about holding my tongue and giving this man the grace to unpack, because at a time when I needed him, he was there for me, not even knowing it, but God knew it. So we want to make sure that along the journey as we're learning, as we're interacting with each other, that we're able to just give people the grace to unpack it. We all have a suitcase. If you traveled anywhere, you brought a suitcase. So we all have stuff in that suitcase that we thought we would need on life's journey. We thought we needed this weekend, so we packed it. But we realized that maybe it doesn't fit here or it doesn't fit here. And sometimes you, you, you have to go shopping when you travel, right, ladies? We want to go and find We want to bring something. So we always come back with something that we didn't have before. But I believe that if we give each other just a little bit of, uh, there's a reason we're like we are. And we didn't get that way overnight. We don't change overnight, but by the grace of God, God, the grace that God gave us. When we were yet sinners, He loved us. When we're yet racist, He loves us. When we're prejudiced, He loves us. Let's give each other the grace to unpack. Cleveland Browns. God made us different, not just with race. I mean, obviously, you know, some of us have big teeth and small teeth, and some of us have, you know, weird, crazy thoughts, and some of us have normal thoughts, and we're all crazy. And, um, you know, I'm normal. <laughs> no, but the, the, the point is, is that because of culture, we're taught to, 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 to view some differences uh, so much different than others, but to God, it's, in His perspective, it's all the same. And so, we're to champion our uniqueness. I believe, because we're fearfully and wonderfully made in here, and not just just men and women. You know, it's amazing. It's like cultures want to separate from each other and judge each other, partly, in my opinion, because we're not comfortable with ourselves. Um, and so we judge someone else. But we get married. And men marry women, women marry men. That's what, you know, the Lord set it up. And, and we're, we, um, I'll speak, I saw my wife because she was different. She makes me who I need to be because she is not who I am. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we do the same thing in the church with racists? Right? What my brother said. This is what we need to do. So we're, we recognize our differences and our uniqueness that is always going to be there. We love who God made us to be and we love who God made them to be. And then as the church, we are an example. Just like marriage is an example to the world. So should the church be. Pastor Ron. Mr. Dennis. Um, in all of what we've discussed, this came to mind that we must live our lives golden. I believe if we reiterated more than what we have. Most of you have never even heard of this in a long time. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the golden rule. I believe as banners in our churches, we need to have them there. The more uh, multicultural we become and open for people to display the awesomeness of God within them, now, sometimes if they are weak, they allow the enemy to use them. 
But a dog makes a dog, a cat makes a cat, a mosquito makes a mosquito, and God makes little gods. So what you're about to say, I'm going to share this when we met this couple. God said, as a couple, if what you're about to say and the way you're going to say it, you wouldn't do it and say it to God, don't do it to each other. Brother Doug, you're the only one that has been quiet. Do you have something before we come to an end here? Preacher, do you have something to say? Yeah, uh, I'm ministering with Pastor Melvin here, my brother, uh, in Muskegon Heights, Michigan. Uh, a little three square mile city. It's uh, uh, 75% African American. Uh, my wife, too, and I have been there for 23 years uh, ministering. And uh, I'd just like to say, uh, in the scripture it says how good and how pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And as you finish the next few verses, God says, that's where I'm going to command the blessing. You know? And there is a blessing in that. And uh, Pastor Melvin's sister is a deaconess in our church, and her husband, his son, and her lead our uh, older youth group. And do a great. I wish they were here for this today. I wish this was for you. Uh, but we've just come together this past year a black church and a white church. And uh, Melvin and I are going to share on this tomorrow, so I don't want to uh, get too deep into that. Uh, but our brother back here, Captain uh, Moore, was it? You uh, used the word transparency. I, I think that's exactly correct, and everything has been set up here. And, but that starts with humility. And uh, we have learned, uh, as we've come together as a church, uh, because there are different styles, you know, from worship to preaching to how we teach to everything. And it's been uh, very eye-opening and enlightening, uh, but there's been stepping on toes as well. Well, Pastor Melvin's sister and I sat down one day and we talked about this, and we said, you know what? We just have to be transparent, humble with each other, and in order to do that, We've got to agree to be able to step on one another's toes in love. And so that's kind of been our mantra, that we are willing to step on each other's toes for the love of Christ. Amen? We come together. We're learning. We don't know it all for uh, uh, any of us here. But uh, I think it starts with humility. I don't have to be number one. I don't have to know it all. Amen? Tomorrow, uh, we'll hear from Brother Doug and Pastor Melvin. They're going to share this journey. I don't know about you folks, but in my 40, 49 years of ministry, I've never known two churches to merge and be successful. Now, I know there are, but I've never seen that. It isn't, isn't it? But when you add to the merger that one church was predominantly black and one church was predominantly white, my, there's got to be issues that other churches don't face with that. So we're anxious to hear from you tomorrow, uh, both of you, as you share this journey with us. And after nearly 10 months, you're, you're still together. So something must be working, right? All right, stand with me. Did you appreciate this uh, forum this morning? Yes.